0: It is King Carlos again, Alcaraz on his way back to world number one, reigns supreme in Spain. For the second straight year, Carlos Alcaraz is the man in Madrid. Tenth career title, fourth of the season. We will have the trophy ceremony here from the players. And Prakash will be on court with Carlitos. All that coming up here on TC Live. Welcome to the show. Steve Weissman alongside the two guys who just called that match. Jim Courier, Mark Pecci. We also got the Hall of Famer Andy Roddick on the big screen as well. We will have full coverage of the trophy ceremony. See Carlitos lift that lovely trophy in Madrid. But let's first get some instant analysis. Andy, what was your thought on that massive final?
1: Well,
2: it's just so fascinating. The the, the two uh, players who caused uh, Carlitos some problems this week Rusevori, first round, came out, took the first set 6-2 before uh, Chucky problem solved a little bit. And today, John Leonard-Struve played a very similar game plan to what we saw in that first round matchup, right? Going after the returns, taking no prisoners the first time he got two feet underneath them, So the playbook is kind of getting out on Carlos, but how do you fix for his problem solving? I'm not sure. Uh, one thing that I, I think uh, Ferrero and... And Alcaraz, what we'll we'll look at is if someone takes away that kick serve that Jim was talking about over and over, and petch also during that during that match, he needs to get a little bit more action. He normally sets the table with that little kick so his one up the tee doesn't have to be as good, and he doesn't have to place it as well. Once Struff solved for that, he was also getting pretty good looks in the forehand also because there wasn't uh, a tail on the serve. But listen, what do you say about this kid? Didn't have his best up today, was missing way more often than he normally did, and still Hold the trophy at the end of the day.
0: Mm, that that, that what defines a champion, right? You don't have your best stuff, you're still able to come out on top. By the way, you mentioned Juan Carlos Ferrero. It was 20 years ago that Juan Carlos Ferrero won the title in Madrid, and now the first time that Carlos Alcaraz is a 20 year old. He is able to raise that trophy yet again. What stood out to you about that problem-solving that Andy mentioned? Well,
3: first of all, I think that Alcaraz, if he was playing someone who was a little more comfortable to play, would have had a better day. I think it's largely because Mm Struff was so aggressive against him and took his time away and made it really awkward for him that he felt all of the pressure to to try and do a little bit more with less time. So that that was a good combination of questions being asked by jan Lennard Struff in that one. And then he made the adjustments necessary. The first set, he starts to stand a little bit more in the doubles alley to return the serve and hit, get, get a forehand on the second serve. And next thing you know, Struff goes for an ace up the middle with a second serve on break point down, and all of a sudden he's got the break. So those little details, they matter a lot. And Alcaraz, at 20, continues to be able to do all of these things. And yes, maybe he's getting some input from the coaching, but the fact that he's implementing them, just another thing that's impressive.
1: Steve, I know I'm not in this studio right now to talk about pressure at back end of big tournaments, but I am here to ask a couple of questions, and I just want to ask Andy and Jim, and you can answer it however which one of you do, the pressure both of you had that, Andy, I remember you coming into the US Open when you won it, saying no more the future, no more the future of American men's Mm -hmm. tennis. I've done it. He's playing with that expectation. He's playing with that kind of pressure on him. I mean, how... How difficult is that? And how many players, talking about what you just spoke about, Andy, that can play the kind of game that Struff does, how many are there in the top 100 that can actually bring that type of tennis to bear against Alcaraz?
2: Yeah, can, I, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20, but will they do it on the day and will they be able to do it not just for two out of three sets? Because, you know, listen, a, a, a one set shootout, anything goes, but he was problem solving for two out of three sets. That becomes even tougher for three out of five sets. But to the point you were getting at, Petch, listen, one of the big tells on top players is their ability to come straight out of the gates and play at home with their home eyeballs, their friends and family watching whether it's home Davis cup ties, whether it's big tournaments in your backyard and deliver what's he at? 20 some odd wins in a row in Spain. And all of a sudden dealing with the expectation set of last year, finishing number one in the world, there hasn't been a hiccup, right? The only hiccup has been physically, but mentally dealing with the pressure. That's a huge tell for young players is dealing with the expectation set at home. And listen, he's solved for it straight away. 21 wins in a row on
0: Spanish soil as we take a look at what's going on right now on the court in Madrid that trophy ceremony for Carlos Alcaraz you can see that beautiful piece of hardware that he will win for the second straight year and when it comes to these big time events talking about pressure now 4 and 0 in masters finals this year his fourth title 10th title overall as a 20-year-old, let's get to the highlights and show you exactly how it went down in Madrid because this was a fantastic final, one that pitted Alcaraz against a man who we actually lost to before at Roland Garros a couple of years ago, Jim.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, listen, he presents a big challenge, and Alcarez had to find his way through it. Here he is down break point trying to serve out the opening set. Here comes the drop shot. You know, he, he's very... Um, unbelievably predictable. But the drop shot's going to come out when the chips are down, and he delivers a gem of a lob, and he would hold serve, but Stroop would uh, gain a little bit of control in the second set. In the volley, there was trouble with the backhand volley at times. Mark beautifully illustrated that the backhand volley technique is not perfect, but he did come up with some big ones when he needed them, and uh, that would get him into a third set. But early doors, Stroop. Again, the drop shot comes to the four and it's break point and here comes the crowd as well. So Alcaraz on break point here, able to extract an error off of the backhand volley patch. That was fatal for him at times.
1: It was, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, you need to be technically so proficient against these players because they will find your weaknesses and that's exactly what Alcaraz was able to do. But I mean the four-hand drop shot he hit a five-three. I mean there is ice in this kid's face. And there he is,
0: going over to his team. Vamos, vamos! I mean, what a moment for Carlos Alcaraz, winning his fourth title of the season. And look at this, what he has done. Second man ever to defend the Madrid title. Only Rafa before that. Youngest to defend a Masters 1000 since that man, Rafa Nadal. Fourth Masters 1000 title, fourth title this year in six events. He's made five finals in those six events. As well, uh, incredible stuff for Carlos Alcaraz, but got to give some props to Jan-Leonard Struf as well, a, a man that started this year, 150 in the world, will now be up to a career-high 28 and seeded at Roland Garros. Let's hear from Jan-Leonard Struf right now speaking at the trophy ceremony.
4: Hi guys, Um, sorry I cannot do this in Spanish, Uh, my Spanish is not that good, so we need someone to translate it please, Um, yeah, uh, first of all, Kalitos, uh, well done, Um, another trophy, amazing victory, congrats to you and your team, well done, all the best for the future. I would like to thank Philly, um, it's an amazing tournament here. It's, uh, yeah, I felt really, really welcome. It was an amazing two weeks for me. Thank you, thank you for putting up such an amazing event. <laughs> I would like to say thank you uh, to Mutua, to, to the sponsor. It's like uh, amazing. Um, I know, I know how hard it is to put up such an amazing event, so thank you, thank you so much for, for doing this. I uh, would like to take the opportunity to thank my team, thank Marvin, my coach there, Corrado, Lindy, Reimer, in the box. I'd like to thank my other coach at home, Carsten, and my fitness coach, Uwe, which are not here but coming next week. Thank you so much for the work you put in. It it means a lot. (laughs) Yeah, and would uh, like to say thank you so much. It's been an incredible journey for me. Um, Losing qualities here, um, coming in as a lucky loser into the event, um, it was just amazing to get a second chance. Thank you for the support, everyone. Thank you for coming out. Thank you.
2: Entrega el
5: trofeo de subcampeón del Mutuo Madrid Open el presidente don
6: del mutuo del madrileña don Ignacio Garralda.
2: Y ahora
5: llamamos al campeón de esta edición del Mutuo Madrid Open 2023 en categoría ATP es Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, well, first of all, I uh, want to say congrats to Jen and, and your team. I know you, you were dealing with some problems, some injury, and uh, you missed uh, almost uh, a lot of the, of the season and, uh, yeah, doing a, a great result, uh, a great job, you know, uh, with, with your team. And uh, it's, uh, it's amazing and uh, it's, it's great to, to have you back and uh, I wish you all the best in, in the future. Ahora cambiar el español, que para mí es un poquito más fácil. Eh, eh, lo primero de todo, ¿cómo están las máquinas? ¿Estamos bien? ¿Eh? Ahora podemos empezar, ahora podemos empezar. Eh, eh, nada, quería, quería eh, dar la enhorabuena y, y agradecer a, a Feli, al alcalde, a todo el mundo que, que ha hecho posible este, este evento, al sponsor, el sponsor principal también. Es, eh, Un trabajo in- increíble hacer este, este evento, este torneo, es súper, súper especial. Siempre lo digo con, con mi equipo, es uno de los mejores torneos de, del circuito, de, de los mejores organizados. Y la verdad que disfruto cada día aquí y la verdad que no bueno por el gran trabajo. también quería dar las la, eh, la gracias la, la gracias a, a mi equipo, eh, la verdad que, que como, como siempre digo, eh, la verdad que sin vosotros no es nada, nada de esto podría ser posible, el gran trabajo todos los días, codo con codo, eh, también lo he dicho muchísimas veces, eh, no os considero equipo, sino os considero familia y para mí eso es súper, súper importante, así que os quiero dar las gracias por todo el trabajo y todo el cariño que me dais. madrid eh, que decir eh, la verdad que ha sido increíble estas eh, dos semanas he disfrutado cada momento eh, la, el apoyo a, aquí ha sido ha sido increíble una vez más habéis eh, hecho este torneo eh, más especial que, que ningún otro me habéis hecho disfrutar eh. la verdad que ha habido ha habido algún, algunos problemas en, en el primer partido eh, y la verdad que sin vosotros no hubiera sido posible sacarlo, tanto ese partido como todos los demás, Eh, así que os quiero dar las gracias y y la verdad que ha sido sido un placer jugar enfrente de vosotros. También quería eh, felicitar a todas las madres hoy, que es el Día de las Madres. Quería felicitar a, a a todas esas madres, eh, que la verdad que es, eh, es increíble, ¿no? Y también voy a hablar de, de la mía, que es eh, increíble que pueda estar ahí viéndome. Eh... <risa> Muchas gracias, mamá. Eh, la verdad que... Eh, ¿Qué voy a decirte, no? Todo el, todo el apoyo que, que, que me das. Eh, la verdad que no es posible que estés en todos los torneos y que, que estés ahí hoy. Para mí es eh, súper, súper especial. Que sepas que te quiero mucho. Don Jose Luis Martinez Almeida, Alcalde de Madrid, Carlos Alcaraz.
0: And there it is, Carlitos. Second straight title there in Madrid as the streamers go flying. Beautiful words from both Alcaraz and Struff at that wonderful ceremony as he's able to lift that trophy once again. You all were talking during the match. Some play the game. Some change the game. How has Carlitos changed the game?
3: Well, I think that, first of all, as we mentioned in match, a lot of people had written off teenagers being able to compete for the biggest trophies, mm-hmm. uh, and that certainly was incorrect. When someone special comes, they usually raise their hand pretty early, and Carlos certainly did, and, and he got himself physically ready, and that was a big difference too, right? Mm-hmm. He came out, and he was fully formed uh, last year, basically in January. So uh, he's had 18 months of, of you know being physically ready for it, and when he's been healthy, he's been a handful.
0: Andy, what are your thoughts on Carlitos changing the sport of tennis?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like he's combining forces with some of the guys that we've seen. You know, I, I think Leighton Hewitt in, in his prime when he was young may have been as fast as Carlos Alcarez, but he never had the biggest shot on the court on any given day, right? He was a problem solver. He was master of the fundamentals. But now you have someone with the speed of Leighton Hewitt The elasticity of a Novak, but he can punch you in the mouth too. So it's we've seen specific parts of his game before, but kind of all rolled into up into one. And at just turned 20 years old, uh, you know, I I don't know that I've seen anything like it. And doesn't mean that he's going to have the career like Jim said. As some of the as the big three, doesn't mean that other players didn't have success young. But just as a fully formed unit of movement, power, finesse, uh, problem solving. Um you know it 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 it, it, it it's 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 the one of the it's it I it, I have no words for it Steve I
3: can't <laughs> can explain tell. it it's, we can tell
2: like
1: he just like he he should, he should be 26 years old but yeah. he's 20 you never want to go after Andy when he's going. He he you've said that beautifully. But I, I think for me as a fan and, and, and sitting here with you guys, it's the indelible images that I remember from both of your two careers as well. It's obviously, you know, Andy, your serve, it was so unique. I know it was late on in your teenage years that you kind of developed that particular serve motion. But it's something that obviously sat with me, Jim. Your inside-out forehand was obviously something that, you know, and, and, and as you guys are saying, you know, it's the repertoire of shots that this kid has at such a young age that is leaving those indelible Mm. images. The drop shot that he hit at 5-3 just to go 15 up and just take so much pressure off winning the first point. These are the things that I'm remembering already, and we've got 15 years of enjoying it. I I got one more thing that I would add to all of
3: of what we've said, and I I agree with it. I've never seen a champion at this age smile as much, especially when they Mm. lose a great point. His enjoyment of the moments, even in adversity, is really unique really unique he, he's able to master those emotions in a way that it, it's extremely difficult to ever do as an athlete and uh just just look up you know the, the great champions of their time dealing with you know like look Nadal's probably the most mentally complete tough athlete in any sport that i've ever witnessed and i've watched him closer than most sports so give me a little attitude there i'm sure there are others but Nadal never smiled when he lost a big point, never, to this day. And Alcaraz does, and there's something endearing about that, but it's, it's also something that tells you he's going to be able to manage adversity, which will come from him at some point, whether it's injury, whether it's something off-court that throws him off. No careers or a straight line. He's been unbelievably ascendant like a rocket ship so far. But at some point, someone will catch him, and he'll have to react to that. But that smile tells me he's going to be okay.
0: It, it's like Ted Lasso, where tennis is life. To Carlos Alcaraz, right? I mean, that, that's what it looks like. You said on
1: air, it's disarming. Yeah, I mean, literally, he's he's just happy to be out there competing. Uh, and I think that's the most remarkable thing about it. I mean, when I, you know, when you watch everybody play, there's so much pressure of expectation, and particularly at home. I mean, you guys had a home slam. We know I was uh, never at that level, but you know, going at home, playing at home, was just was huge. He's come out there today against a lucky loser who everybody, including the bookies, Wikipedia had already had him as champion if you went on this morning before the match even got underway. And he's missing balls and he's under pressure against Drift and he's smiling away out there. It is unique. Have you ever
0: seen anything like that, Andy?
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't think I have. And, and you know, but, it, but it's not as if it's this happy-go-lucky thing that we see with some players where when the chips are down, they kind of smile their way through a defeat. It's not that, right? It's not as if it's this happy-go-lucky, but I don't compete also, right? He is there every single point mentally like an adult, but he kind of has this Way, this this kind of aura where he's able to decompress even when it doesn't go his way normally the smiling when you're losing is kind of offset by maybe you're not the best competitor that is not the case with this guy so the combo of the two is just uh, it's it's a little bit i have jealousy it's a little bit annoying because i wish i would have had
1: a tenth of it and and also the other things when you have that variety he, he never jim ever hits a vanity shot he mm-hmm. never hits like mm-hmm. an idea ball that looks good but is no good to anyone. You know, that's that's what they call Nigerian slang in football. You look pass. <laughs> it's an idea ball, look good, but it's absolutely no good. He never hits that with that repertoire, never checks yeah. out of a point with it.
3: No, no. So far, so great for, for him in that department. He hits some unpredictable shots, and that's part of his charm too, is that he is a thrill ride that you just don't know what's coming. And we, we love how the crowd gets engaged behind him in rallies because he gets the shots that no one expects him to. So they're cheering in rallying. He might lose those points, but he brings them in, and he's going to bring a lot more fans into the sport as a result of it. We're already seeing it everywhere he goes. People want to see him, Indian Wells, Miami. The, the joint was jumping when Carlos was in the building. And, and uh, so he's going to be one of these guys that transcends nationality pretty quickly here, which is what you need in the sport. It's wonderful mm-hmm. to have him.
0: He brings that smile, and he is a joy to witness out on the court as well. By the way, Prakash will be talking to Carlitos Alcaraz on the court. They're still having ceremonies and taking photos and all that stuff, but we look forward to that as well. Uh, another thought on Jan Leonard Struuf. I mean this guy who is now at a career high and maybe
1: has shown a little bit of a pathway to challenging Alcaraz with that serve and volley. And I think he should be like a beacon of hope to a lot of players out there as well. 2019 was when he started to, to really play some of his best tennis. We're obviously seeing extended careers in tennis right now. But the reality is that Carson Arians spent a long time building this package. He doesn't go wide anymore. If he goes wide of the singles line, he ends up trying to take the ball on. He tries to hit a winner. He doesn't put himself under a lot of pressure from that point of view. It's taken him a long time, to get to that stage. And I do think that there's a lot of those things that go into that, the physical part of it, understanding how to keep your body in better shape for longer for a lot of these players, but also the money at the slams. I mean, I think that that has enabled these players to 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 stay longer and, and get better advice, so therefore they become better at the back end of their careers. Will we see more players serve in volley against Carlitos going forward?
3: I I just, i tell you what, matches like this make me salivate at the thought of Djokovic taking on Alcaraz, because mm. you know that Novak's got his beady eyes on Carlos anytime he's playing, looking for clues as to what to bring. Because these guys have just not met that often. They met here last year, and it was one of the best matches of the season over three over three hours, seven, six and a third. Carlos clipped him at the finish line. I want to see him play. I'd love to see it on hard court. Mm-hmm. That's really what I'm looking forward to the most. But I take Rome. I take I take <laughs> I take Roland Garros. I don't mind. I just want to see what tactics <laughs> Novak brings because Novak showed us something in Australia this year that we hadn't seen, and that is all-out aggression out of necessity when he when his movement was compromised, his forehand speed lifted. But we've seen him serve and volley as well against Medvedev. Yeah. He has so many options. What's he going to use against Chucky Andy? Is that what you call him?
2: <laughs> I call him Chucky. And it, listen, I, I I'm excited, but let's 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 call it what it is. Strohve serving in volley. Strohve went big on every single return and he executed his game plan really, really, really well, right? Had nothing to lose. Carlos in front of his home fans had everything to lose. Uh, the Chuckster wasn't at his best today at all. <laughs> was missing balls, and a lot of that was a product, byproduct of Stroof. But here we are. One executed perfectly. One had to problem-solve along the way and didn't have his best stuff, and Alcaraz still won. So you can serve in volley all you want, but you have to do it at the level that Stroof did and do it better for longer. So... That's, this kid's a problem for the rest of the tour.
0: He is a problem. The Chuckster is a problem. We're here in Prakash as well getting ready for that interview with Carlitos on court inside La Caja Magica. But we make these comparisons. We talk about Djokovic, obviously Nadal. So let's see how Carlitos Alcaraz compares to the big three and what they did as teenagers. Carlitos turning 20 just on Friday. He's been 20-year-old for a few days. But what he's been able to accomplish, on some accounts, even better than the big three. None of those guys got to number one in the world. That's
1: no they didn't i mean look it, you know he's right at the genesis of, of greatness at the moment and we're comparing him to absolute greatness we're, we're talking about the hall of fame stuff and as jim said it never goes in a in a straight line and i don't know andy is it—is it is it fair to compare is that the thief of compare you know thief of joy but i mean at the end of the day i guess we have to
2: well, yeah. I mean, I think it's a natural conversation. It's fun for us. People want to compare generations. And listen, we're we're on the heels of the big three, and Novak is still, uh, you know, the the dominant player in the game until he's unseated by Carlos in a kind of a head-to-head uh, type matchup. But listen, I, I was arguing with people uh, the other day on Twitter because that's what I do sometimes. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, the, the the level we've seen from Djokovic from 27 years old on might be the highest level we've ever seen. So. These stats are fun to talk about, but they don't define the pockets of career. Listen, the best I ever played was at 21, and then afterwards I was searching for that level again. So we don't know how it's going to shake out. What we do know is that he's established himself as one of the two best players in the game, without a doubt, and he's got 15 years of runway ahead of him. It's going to be a lot of slams. It's going to be a lot of titles, assuming that his health, uh, you know, physical health, mental health all stay the same the big three have ruined this conversation for everyone because will he get to 20 some odd slams that's not normal that's not what we should expect but it's going to be really exciting to see him try thus far his career has
0: not been normal yet but uh we will hear more from carlitos alcaraz with prakash on court when we come back on tc live as we celebrate this great championship sunday in madrid a lot more to get to there was another final in fact with some big-name players. We'll have the best of the best shots from Madrid and predictions for Roland Garros. Uh, Has the favorite even played a clay court match this year? So much to discuss. Stay with us. Welcome back to TC Live. Carlos Alcaraz has done it again in Madrid this time it took three sets against Jan-Leonard Struf but that man very close to returning to the top of the tennis rankings and he reigns supreme in Spain Carlos Alcaraz 6-4, 3-6, 6-3 over Struf the final score number one in the race and number one in the hearts of all those fans in La Caja Majica. let's hear more from Carlitos on court with Prakash Amatras.
6: Carlitos, what can I say? When you walked on the court, they were playing Eye of the Tiger. The energy was incredible, but Strufi made it very difficult for you today. How did you figure out the right strategy? Well, uh, yeah, it,
5: it was tough, but uh, yeah, getting into the court uh, and listening to the Eye of the Tiger uh, before starting the match was uh, unbelievable for me. You know, I, I got a lot of energy from that, uh, I, I was listening in the, in the gym before the match as well, so it, it was really good, but yeah, uh, the match, uh, it, it was tough, you know, the first set, it was close as well, uh, and the second set, I had my, my chances to, to break his serve when he was up, and I couldn't do that, but uh, yeah, uh, I think it, uh, it was uh, a complete match from both,
6: uh, and I'm really, really happy to, to get through a, a really tough battle. Now you have multiple Masters 1000 titles, but your first time defending a 1000 title was it more difficult to defend it or to win it the first time? Uh, I would say both. <laughs> it's it's very difficult to do it. Uh, I'm
5: just really happy to, to be able to to do it. You know, uh, Barcelona was my, my first defending title as well. Uh, here in Madrid, my first defending was Master 1000. Uh, I just hope to. To be in the in the same line, you know, uh, trying to uh, to be in the you know in in the same level. Uh, now, as I said before, now I'm going to to the Grand Slam. So, but right now I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna enjoy it the moment because it's it's really really important for me.
6: Carlos, I know you'll enjoy it with your family. Also, Mother's Day is next Sunday in America, but I know it's today here. So your mother, I looked at her, was very emotional when you were speaking. How nice was that to be able to give her that present today?
5: Well, uh, I, I couldn't uh, buy a gift for uh, to her, so I, I hope uh, that the, she enjoy uh, the the today. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give her a, a really big hug uh, after after that. But uh, yeah, for me it's amazing to, to to have her supporting me here in uh, in in the box over there. Uh, it's, not a uh, very common thing you know to to have her uh, here watching watching my matches uh, she's always uh, supporting me at home so for me it's it's really nice to to see her to he- see her here and uh, enjoying enjoying he- uh, her
6: support it was a beautiful moment carlitos mucho mucho corazon hermano well done thank you very much siempre corazon
0: la <laughs> uh, that's just awesome uh, from Carlitos there. I-, I think he's got a gift that, that he could give to her. It- a little trophy, maybe? Uh, 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 free of charge. He-, he earned that, could give that to Mama. I remember, Jim, when we talked to him at Indian Wells, uh, it was Father's Day. It was giving shout-outs to his dad. What, what, a-, what a lovely family there, the Alcarazes. Odds now. To win Roland Garros per fan duel, and it is the 20-year-old, the odds-on favorite, to take the title. Then it's Novak Djokovic, then it is the 14-time champion, Rafa Nadal, Sitsipas, Runa, and Sinner. All right. Do we agree with the sports books? Andy Roddick, I'll come to you first, putting Alcaraz ahead of Djokovic and ahead of the guy who's only lost to two humans in his life
2: there yeah but it's 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 not we're we're not kind of uh judging the last two decades of Rafa's dominance we're judging uh the question marks uh, around his body right now and 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 we don't even know for sure if he's going to play we all assume he will uh we all hope he will um and, and and kind of the same with Novak having to pull out of Madrid i think we'll have a better uh sense of how realistic this is after seeing everyone go after rome but i think uh carlos is probably uh, playing the most predictable product right now, right? You know what you're going to get when he goes out there on a clay court. He's matched tough. He's won a bunch of tournaments going in. He's had different types of matchups. So uh, I would probably put him and Novak as co-favorites right now. And I know Rafa fandom is going to go crazy, but it's more of a, refer- a referendum on where his body is as opposed to, listen, I, I know Rafa is the best clay court player of all time. Please don't tell me that. Uh, I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, I think it's about right. I, I, w- I would put him and Novak as probably co-favourites right now.
1: You'll be arguing on Twitter again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Jim? I think,
3: after, I think after Rome, we'll have a much better idea, like Andy says. I, yeah. I'm fully on board with Andy's assessment of what the situation is. I think one thing that that is important to recall is last year, Alcaraz. I thought he, he had a really good chance to win a Roland Garros as well. And he played an immature match against Sasha Zverev in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. The first two sets, he blew himself up with tons of unforced errors and just didn't seem comfortable in that situation. Knowing that Nadal had the bad foot, and was maybe not physically where he wanted to be. Obviously, Nadal would be good enough to win that title, but Alcaraz wasn't there to, to ask him the question in the semifinals because he beat himself, and I don't think that's on the table anymore. I don't think over best of five sets, Alcaraz is going to blow himself up again. I think it's going to take something special like Struff was able to do for three sets to push him, but you got to play a little bit tighter. Struf, he couldn't make the first serves when he needed it, to really put the, uh, the the foot down on him. Someone might be able to do it, but I just don't see him beating himself, and that's why he deserves to be the, you know, at least in that conversation. If Nadal starts, though, I don't know if I could put money anywhere but yeah. behind him. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rafa, obviously the last couple of years hasn't been as dominant as he was in the past. I mean, we obviously know 2010, he won everything. He won all three major sort of Masters 1000 going in and RG lost. Since 2019, I think he's only picked up two Masters 1000s in that time, but has picked up three Roland Garrises. So, you know, it, it's a different stage, but obviously not going in playing at all is going to be is going to be difficult. But I'm with everyone else when you, 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 yeah. you can't fight what you've seen over the last 15 years. Look,
3: there are tournaments the week before Roland Garris. He's not playing yeah. in Rome, but he could pick up a wild card and play in, in a mm-hmm. Geneva or, or one of those events to get matches if he want to, or there are options where Roland Garros can stage exhibitions for him the week prior to give him a little bit of simulated match play. I would expect that more likely to be the case if he does think he's healthy enough to go into RG. But I do expect him, if he go, if he stead, steps onto the court at RG, he thinks he can win.
0: And, and that makes me believe that he's the favorite, if he steps onto the court. Just I, I, The history to me put, puts, puts Rafa on top. I, yeah. I, I understand Djokovic. I understand why the sports books have Alcaraz sure. there at this point uh, if he steps on the court as Nadal. But are we missing anyone else from that list? I mean, an Andre Rublev, a Casper Rude, a Taylor Fritz. Should, should other guys be up there?
3: That, those guys could all be in the conversation on the second or third tier. They're not mm-hmm. frontliners. I mm-hmm. mean, there's no doubt about that, Andy. I don't know if we're. Are, are there any sleepers, I yeah. guess, like a Stroof, Andy, that you could see coming in that aren't on that list possibly?
2: Not not as favorites. You know, I I think, uh, you know, obviously Holger Runa and Yannick Sinner, these guys have huge potential, but they could also struggle and, you know, get behind the eight ball in a third round and and go out. And I feel like the top three that we're talking about uh, have a lot less risk of, uh, you know, worrying about survival in in, in week one. So, uh, listen, I I think the three favorites are, are far and away the three favorites. Does that mean no one else can make a run to the semis? Absolutely not. I think it's as wide open through 15, 20 really, really good clay court players uh, as it's been in a, in, a, in a long while. But those three are, are, are the solid favorites.
0: It's very likely if Carlos Alcaraz steps on the court in Rome, he will return to number one. That's all he has to do is show up. He'll overtake Novak
1: Djokovic. How important is the number one seed at Roland Garros? I don't think it's that important. I mean, obviously, he splits him from Novak and he can be in the other half of the draw. I don't think it's going to be that important. I think people will be looking at where Rafa falls. <laughs> <at the night. laughs> I don't I think they're going to be too worried at all yes. about at that. <laughs> That would, be, that would be the place I would be looking down there is looking for the ESP on the drawer and, <laughs> yeah. and the bold lettering and going, oh, dear.
3: Yeah, so he's going to play Rome. He said he's going to play Rome. Alcaraz, he was not injured in this tournament, so he will be there, and he'll start either Friday or Saturday when the men's seeds engage. Djokovic won the title there last year, so he cannot add to his point total. so. Simply by playing, Alcaraz will be number one. And that's all well and good. But what's also important is he's number one in the race now. ATP points made this season. He's number one, Medvedev two, Djokovic three. Can he back up his year in number one? Because when we look at, uh, we have to start thinking about these things. When you look at uh, the all time greats and their body of work, year in number one is meaningful. Djokovic currently is the guy who has the most of those. If Alcaraz can get two on the board early, that's, that's putting him in good stead towards putting his hand up, you know, 20 years from now when we start looking at his body of work, hopefully.
0: That's such a great point because that would be two in a row as well. And if we remember Pete Sampras, the only one that's Mm -hmm. won six in a row. That's right. Not even Djokovic has done that.
3: Look at you, Steve Weissman, NFL guy and tennis channel guy. You got all the d- – this guy knows everything. <laughs> just trying to keep up with you guys. Well, I'm you're winning lot- You're inter- winning <laughs> in the sartorial dispute, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> I love the Same case goal. he has. Yeah, he takes the trial. He, he is the royal of the show today. That's fair. All right, more still to come here on TC Live. We've got the best of the best from a fantastic two weeks. And how about this? Coco Golf, Jesse Pagula third doubles final of the year. It's all happening on Championship Sunday here on TC Live.
3: Back on TC Live, a challenger final with more major
1: titles than the one in Madrid. Andy Murray and Tommy Paul Petch in Excel provence I mean, unbelievable. A, let's just look at the crowd. Can we just savor that for a moment? I mean, how healthy is tennis in France when you look at this? And from Andy's perspective, you know, you want to know what a champion looks like. It looks like somebody that's come off two poor losses by their standards in Monte Carlo and Madrid. They go to a challenger tournament there late and they end up playing this kind of tennis. And by the way, Tommy Paul started this match four love up, and Andy basically didn't touch a ball. That's how well the American was playing. And then he turns it around and ends up winning. It becomes the third former world number one to win a challenger behind Andre Agassi and Marcelo Rios. And takes him to 42 in the world. Really meaningful points from aix en Provence as well. 42 in the live rankings. You know, he's only 10 spots away from potentially being seeded. Maybe not for Roland Garros, but it does give him a platform to potentially mm-hmm. be seated for Wimbledon on the grass, which is his ultimate goal. So that was a week that came out of nowhere, to be honest, for Andy.
0: Yeah, uh, spectacular analysis spot on right there, Patch. Won nearly 70% of his points on second serve. That was big. Four breaks of serve. And as you see, first title since 2019, first on clay since 2016, Rome, which, by the way, That's coming up next. That's where he's headed. Andy, we spoke on TC Live earlier in the week about whether Murray should focus on Wimbledon, the grass. He clearly wants to play everywhere. Uh, What does this result mean for him going forward?
2: Well, it's huge. It's, it's, it's confidence, right? You go into a tournament like this to get matches, to try to get your confidence back, to get, uh, you know, I, I I my mind wasn't even around the orbit of being seated at Wimbledon like Pets just brought up, but that's a huge deal for for Andy Murray. You know, we, we've seen him kind of get bogged down in the early stages of some of these grand slams. Uh, and so if he can avoid that, uh, fantastic. I also think the point needs to be made. I, I, I've seen uh, players that are a lot less accomplished than Andy Murray have such sizable egos about going back and going through the paces in a challenger, this guy is just competition defined, no ego involved. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go down to the level that I should be playing at before I kind of go back up, uh, you know, for Rome or Roland Garros. And, uh, you know, just the total pros pro, went there, got the job done. uh, Great to see him on the winning side of things again.
3: Yeah, and it's also worth pointing out that these challengers are not really challengers. They're really on the ATP 250 level, and WTA has them as well. These are the the byproduct of these tournaments now being two weeks long, and so many of these top 100-ranked players are looking for something to do there during the second week of Madrid if they're out of the singles and out mm-hmm. of the doubles. So these tournaments are benefiting with thick draws. So winning this tournament... It is a challenger in name only from, I think, all the players' point of view. He beats Tommy Paul, who's a terrific player and very, very good on the clay in the final. That's going to give him a lot of confidence, and confidence, as Andy said, confidence is king. That's what it's all about. You cannot uh, buy confidence in a store. If you would have been sold out, these <laughs> tennis players would have been there and, and scarfed it up. So that gives him a lot of momentum, and it's just the momentum he needs for the grass court season. That confidence will still be a little bit in check as long as his health is. And that's really important for him.
0: Absolutely. That's a top 20 win. Third top 20 win of the year uh, against Tommy Paul. By the way, he has stated his goals are to get to 50 titles. He's at 46 right now and 800 career wins. That's what he wants to do. This is a great step on the way to achieving those goals. Some other big names winning Challenger and ITF titles today. How about Sloan Stevens? Congratulations, back in the winner's circle. Won a 125K event in France, beat Alina Svitolina in the semifinals, then Greet Minin in the final. Sloan, of course, made the quarters at Roland Garros last year. Serrano Curstea up to 34 in the world, had to save a championship point against American Ellie Mandlick to take the title in Catalonia. And Hugo Ambert raises the trophy in Italy, defeated Laszlo Gera in the final. So it was. Jim mentioned, uh, a, a lot of big-name, big-time talent in those second weeks of these 1,000-level events. Women's doubles final in Madrid. Andy Coco, golf, Jesse Pagula looking for their third title of the season, facing Victoria Azarenka and Beatrice Haddad-Maya, who are playing together for the very first time.
2: Well, it won't be the last time, I'll tell you that much, Steve. Taking on Pagula and golf, who have turned themselves into ATM machines with their doubles career. there every single week, singles, doubles. Uh, playing healthy schedule, but Azarenka and Nadal Maya looked fantastic. Uh, the communication uh, already—I mean, this is amazing. Their first time together, but watch how she splits the middle there. They did this play all day, all day, all day, just beating the middle, and they took it to Pagula and Goff, who, uh, For my money, are the best doubles team uh, in the world consistently when they choose to uh, when they choose to tee it up. And this was just a great, great victory for Vika Azarenka. She's still out there enjoying herself, uh, Credit to their team—they beat a tough, tough team in the final here. Vika, 10th doubles title,
0: 5th at the 1,000 level. Biggest title of the Brazilian's career. By the way, none of these players were allowed to speak on court after the match. Big miss for Madrid as we take a look yeah. at, at the WTA doubles rankings and the Americans.
3: It's amazing. I mean, look, look at all of those red, white, and blue flags in the top ten. And and you know, Azarenka. I'll tell you what. When you win those doubles titles, that's a lot of cake. Over two hundred thousand each. A lot of cake. To win that match. <laughs> a lot of cake.
0: <laughs> oh, I love the low-key shade from Courier there. Time for the social net. We've got a Madrid fan wearing a Roger Federer hat and a Rafa Nadal shirt. So, so two things
2: can be true at the same time, Andy? Yeah, this is going to cause people to just go absolutely <laughs> insane because there's, there's, there's not a world where we're allowed to respect two, three, maybe even ten people at the same time, you know? So I props to this guy. I like it. Make a stand. We like everyone.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, but to be honest, I mean, you can't lose, can you? If you're going to go down that route, you can't (laughs) lose. You you, you basically hedge your bets so perfectly, it's like, you know, what is it? It's like DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. It's like they're two great actors. There you go, I'm going to have it. Yeah, by the way, those sunglasses are
3: from the Novak Djokovic sunglasses. There you go, yes.
1: (laughs) That's that's
0: a triple threat right there. I was going to say, those Nole fans were going to come come hard on Twitter, but... Jim Jim, uh, saying that the shades are from Djokovic. Um, Andy responding to what Jalen Rose said yesterday about paying attention to the weather on the road in an NBA game, referencing the Knicks in Miami. Roddick, take it away. What, what what'd you have to say here?
2: This is weak sauce. Jalen Rose <laughs> talking about how they're playing in Miami, so therefore you have to respect the weather. It's at a cool 73 degrees in NBA in every NBA arena in the world. So I said, gosh, you know, tell that to the people that actually – have to play in hundred degree weather you know tennis players we don't get a lot of chance to puff our chest out you know with the nba crew so i wasn't <laughs> going to miss that opportunity and this might be the second time in my life that Stan rink has agreed with anything that i've said
1: <laughs> i woke up this morning Andy. i put the coffee on i got in i get, got my phone out i was looking at a few things and that was the first thing that popped up on my twitter feed i was like that is just um, priceless you can't that five minutes <laughs> that he was outside waiting for the courtesy car to go to the heat stadium must have killed his muscles real. Yeah, I, yeah. I used to live in in Miami
3: and I can tell you that there were many nights on off weeks where I was out in Miami Beach and, and I encountered a lot of basketball te- road teams that were out enjoying Miami Beach. So maybe that's what Jalen was talking about. <laughs> maybe they just didn't hydrate enough of the right stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I got a chuckle uh, when I heard him say that. I was watching that live too. And I was like, yeah, I don't think it's that hot inside that arena.
0: No. <laughs> it, it's like last year uh, for the ATP finals, Andy, in-, in turn, when we were given the, the weather reports. I was like,
2: okay. Yeah, that, that was that was the that was the best part of all of our segments. And now the weather in Turin, of which they're playing indoors. But Jay, that was a bad segment until Jalen Rose said what he said.
0: <laughs> and I love. De- I don't know if y'all heard uh, D'Angelo Russell during the halftime interview yesterday. It was like, "Weather's nice. That, that's why I'm playing great today." Very strange. Uh, Twitter.com, court, court of Appeals. Uh, th- they asked this question: If your opponent hits a return and calls the serve out, then quickly corrects it and calls it in, do you? Replay the point, or does your opponent get the point? Jim, what do you think?
3: Well, if you're playing against your 6- or 8-year-old sons, then you probably give them a replay of the point. If you're playing a real match, then uh, that's just, you know, I'm asking for a friend on that one. But if you're playing a real match, no, of course, the point is you made the wrong call, you lose the point. Next question.
1: Yeah, patch. Yeah, I can't. I can't disagree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. If I was playing with my daughters, 100%, I'll be taking the point. I don't know what Jim's talking about. I'll be absolutely. You're taking that. the point. I
2: need the points. Oh, I no, need oh, the no, points. No. Are you patch. kidding me? You heartbreak. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I,
2: I don't. I don't know much about rules, but I know one thing. If it went against me, I'd be yelling at someone.
0: Yeah, I I don't have children, so I'm taking the point. Every single time. It does not matter. You're
1: only hooking yourself, though, Steve. (laughs) Fair, fair.
0: (laughs) All right, that does it for our social net today, but we got much more still to come here on TC Live. Of course, we'll look ahead to Rome, and we'll have the highly anticipated, often imitated, but never duplicated best of the best from the week inside
3: the magic box. It's that time two weeks of tennis and we have
0: cut it down to five of the best plays from the Madrid 1000 level event Andy you get number five Carlos Alcaraz starting us
2: off It's so weird and this gives me envy Steve What might have been if I could have just done what he did there and take some pace off of my high back end volley, full steam ahead Going the other direction, sees it on that side of his head, and then looks at the winner from the other side of his head. Unbelievable stuff from Carlos Alcaraz, becoming par for the course.
0: At number four, round of 16, Martina Trevisan, Jesse Pagula, Yeah,
3: uh, you've got to be on your horse if you're playing Pagula. What about the smooth slide and glide here as she streaks to the open court and finds the space? That, ladies and gentlemen, is saucy. Mm.
0: Martina Trevisan plays her best on this surface. Sliding into the DMs. Gets it done at number four. What do we have
1: at number three, Pitch. We've got a second rounder, Sasha Zverev and Roberto carvajas Baena. Well, he's on his way back, isn't he, Sasha? And he's forgotten just how tough it is out there. If you got three names, you're going to be remembered, aren't you? And you're going to be remembered after that. What a catchback there from carvajas Baena. Zverev thought he had him with other ideas what a steal. RCB pretty 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 good
0: to number two we go Holgeruna Alejandro Davidovich Fokina round of 32 Andy
2: I love this because once Holgeruna sees Davidovich Fokina break here's Davidovich Bakina is going to start here. He's going to hit a little drop shot. Runa, as soon as he sees him break right towards the court, he switches his mind. It goes back behind him. And Davidovich Vakina had left the building here. Watch this. We're going to see it from this angle be a little bit better. Watch. Davidovich Bakina sprint and Rune sees him. Give a little tell and then switches directions at the last moment. Davidovich Bakina flashing a calf there too, Steve. That was nice. <laughs> a Karatsev calf. Yes,
0: indeed. Runa, the handwork, the stickwork at number one, Jim. Take it away. Ben Shelton. And we've got two plays.
3: Yeah, this is in the far court. Shelton with a ridiculous shot that I can't recall ever being seen. Use it the other side of the racket. I don't even know how to describe this other than this almost impossible. So he does that one in Madrid, right? We've never seen that before. At least I never have. And then he's playing the challenger the next week. Literally playing this one. He's not going to play the same type of shot again, is he? Come on. Oh, please tell me he's not going to do it again. Oh, he does it again. Please tell me. He just wins the point again? Go, Gators. Go. (laughs) And the lob
0: winner. That's insane. Can't wait to see Betty Schultz at Roland Garros. We've just got a couple more weeks. It is three weeks from today. The start of the second major of the year. We got you covered from the 1,000 level event. Now two weeks in Rome. That one starts off May 9th. Then, of course, Quali is at Roland Garros. As Jim mentioned earlier, we got Action Geneva, Lyon for the ladies in Strasbourg and Rabat. Now let's head back to Danny and Prakash who look ahead to their next destination as all roads lead to Rome.
1: See back at our FanDuel desk. P, are you ready to pack your bags? Come on, D. We got to go to Rome. It's time for the Internationale BNLD Italia. Looking forward to all the action there. But what is got you most excited?
6: Well, I'm excited on a couple of fronts. Look, on the men's side, we're going to have a few players back in the draw. Yannick Sinner who's been playing unbelievable tennis, VJ's, Felix Oje, Ali Asim. On the women's side, I want to see how this loss in the final to Sabalenka strikes Iga. Is she going to bounce back, get another title over there? Lots to look out for. I would also just like to let it be known that it is going to be a cheat fortnight for me. So don't expect, you know, none of this chicken and rice over there is going to get ugly, D.
1: Pasta, pizza, and vino. Looking <laughs> forward to it, guys.
0: Yeah, rub it in, rub it in. Uh, uh, Some of the best food in the world there in Rome. And we've got the best players in the world. Uh, What are you looking forward to, Jim?
3: Uh, Djokovic. I want to see what Novak's bringing to the table. Uh, Let's see if he's ready, if his elbow is ready for him to make another assault on the record books. Remember, tied at 22 with Rafa in the major count. So we know he's got a major appetite to stand alone. We'll see what happens. uh, And I think Rome will be a real leading indicator as to what might happen in Paris.
0: Hopefully, we get that matchup—a Djokovic-Alcaraz matchup on clay. Yep. Djokovic is the defending champion; he's won there six times. Andy, what are you looking forward to?
2: Yeah, so this is the part of the show where I normally try to think of to, uh, something different to say than what Jim just said. But no, it's all this—it's all Djokovic, it's all Alcaraz. We want to see that showdown uh, in this tournament. But uh, another one of the storylines uh, on clay this year is: Are we going to see a reemergence of of Casper Root? Right. If you're going down the top two or three clay court players in the world for the last couple of years, he would have been on that short list. And he's since been replaced, you know, by Sinner, Runa, a couple of the other young guys that we've seen. Can Casper Ruda
1: get his groove back? I'll tell you what. Then, if you're, not, if you're going to go with Jim, I'm going to go with Svontek against Sabalenka. Thank I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to Thank see you. a rematch of that. that yeah. That's what I, that's what I'm most excited about right now. I mean, it, you know, the final that we had yesterday was off the charts. Um, we've been crying out for a rival. We've had some great individual performances over the last four or five years from d- different players, but nobody has managed to kind of go at the same time. I, I think we I think we're there. I think we're there. It, it's going to be unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. Svantec, two-time <laughs> defending champion there.
3: I was just writing that down on here in case we didn't oh, talk about it. Cause...
1: I needed to look a little bit smart. You know, I came into this studio to just drop the IQ down, but I didn't want to drop it too low. <laughs> well played, <laughs> sir. Well played. That's got... a big
3: storyline.
0: And, and, who, and who do you think takes that one if they meet again?
3: I, I, I think in the, the slightly slower conditions of Rome, I would favor Iga. But, man, I just love the fact that we've got this potential three mm-hmm. major tournaments in a row, Stuttgart, mm-hmm. Madrid, Rome. More, please. We want more.
0: I'm inter- interested to see what Pagula does there, what, what Coco Goff sure. does there, Elena Rabakina, which she does there uh, as well, and Angeber. Because she missed, she's back. she missed Madrid. And well, she was in the final last she's year. She's got a pun- puncher's Against... chance,
3: maybe, after all the boxing training? Yes.
1: You've been, you've been on fire tonight. All uh, right, uh, so it's so on some cards can leave it, Linda. <laughs> he's got a little bit of coffee. Can he can give us a lot of caffeine. He's <laughs> Just, got, cap he's got some spare caffeine. Yeah, <laughs> <some spare cap.
3: laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been a fun championship Sunday with the boys here on TC Live. Thanks, Andy, for a fantastic turn patch. You've been killing it. Look forward to seeing you the next time we, we, we get a chance to get together. And, uh, Jim going overtime. Love it. You're on TC Live.
1: The one-hour TC Live. 30-minute shows. What What the heck? heck? No, that's pretty expensive. Renegotiation. (laughs) (laughs) That man listening to Eye of the Tiger on the way
0: of the court. It is the thrill of the fight. Just a man and his will to
3: survive. Thanks, everybody, for watching TC Live.